According to Barna, 95% of all Christians have never won a soul to Christ. Let's change the stat. Welcome to GoCast, a podcast designed to inspire and equip pastors and leaders to lead soul-winning churches. We have a mission to go and make disciples. This is GoCast. Everyone, welcome to GoCast. I'm your host, Kelly Stickle, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Tim Tribble. How are you doing today, Tim? I'm doing well, Kelly. Awesome. Well, today we, on the podcast, we have Pastor Dennis Vardy, a good friend of mine who pastors Celebration Church in Edmonton, Alberta, and they put on one of the most incredible events yeah. uh, in our province, maybe in our, our nation. They do a Father's Day car show. <laughs> Last year, they had 15,000 people show up on a Sunday so cool. at their location and uh, amazing, amazing things. So I pull into, into that uh, event with Pastor Dennis, and he's got some incredible insight on that. Uh, we are here at the end of January, mm-hmm. and uh, we have Easter coming up, so that could be an event opportunity. Father's Day is coming up. That could be an event opportunity. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever been a part of a big event, and what did you learn from it? Yeah, absolutely, Kelly. I've been involved with a couple of large events. And in these events, it's easy to get discouraged when you don't see a large number of people coming out to begin with. But the thing about the car show thing that I really love is that it was a consistent thing built over a number of years. And so going in with the expectation, thinking that one event is going to hit your top population mark is, I think it's unrealistic. It's something that needs to be birthed and grown over time. That's so true. And I also love in this conversation how Pastor Dennis talks about um, the purpose of the events mm-hmm. and, and why to do them and really uh, the, the impact that it can have on the community, but also on the church long-term. Yeah. Uh, it's a fascinating conversation. I know all of our pastors and leaders are going to want to pay attention because you're going to get some great ideas. Plus, we press into a whole lot more in this conversation with my friend, Pastor Dennis Vardy of Celebration Church, Edmonton. Well, hi, Dennis. Welcome to GoCast. It's so great to have you on the podcast, my friends. Great to see you. Good to uh, be here, Kelly, and thanks for the invitation. It's awesome. Man, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, how you got started in ministry and, and your journey along the way. Well, my wife and I actually both became Christ followers as university students. Okay. So, gave our lives to the Lord. We were involved in a local church and that did campus ministry and you know, doors open, opportunities open to be able to be involved in student ministry. So that was our starting place. And then, you know, from there, it transitioned into church planting and, and pastoring, which is what we do today. That's awesome. So you're in Edmonton, and for those who don't know, and you pastor Celebration Church. So tell us a little bit about Celebration and what you got going on. Well, we moved here in the fall of 1990. Our family did. In 1991, we planted the church and, um, you know, just began to reach people. That church began to grow. Um, over the years, we've had three different locations. We're on, we're on our third physical location. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, buy a property and grow the services and end up doing three services on a Sunday morning and then go find the next property and do the same thing all over again. Yeah. And, and that's where we're at today. We're now doing three services again in this location and, and um, you know, to just just keep growing, keep reaching people and keeping that as our focus really is, uh, I think, what's central to our church. That's really cool. And you guys are just in the process of launching another campus. Is that correct? Across the city? Yes, we are. We're uh, launching on September 15th, Celebration Northwest. Yeah. We're going to be in a Cineplex Theater uh, up on St. Albert Trail on 137th Ave. And um, we're excited about that. Uh, you know, it's it's 
we've grown our church to a point where we started to look at the map and say, okay, where are we reaching and where are we not reaching and right. realize that, you know, proximity is an issue. And so we thought, well, why don't we, why don't we start another service? You know, that's the way we're treating it like a fourth, fourth service, if yep. you will. And so uh, there's a whole area of the Northwest, St. Albert, Spruce Grove, Stony Plain, you know, the Western portion of the city that we're going to be able to have some influence into and reach out to. Yeah, that area is really growing too. So that's going to be it's going to be exciting to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. We we're pumped about it. Um, you know, we have some people that come from that distance, but because of the distance, the amount of involvement they can have uh, yeah. in church life is is restricted. So there's a lot of people who got really excited about the idea of church being like five minutes from their home. <laughs> yeah. So how far is that campus going to be from your your central campus? It'd be like a 25-minute drive. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's nice and close. But this is a lot of resources. This is a lot of leaders. This is a lot of effort and planning and strategy. And man, why do you feel like this is a must? I think, you know, because our core value and who we are is all about reaching people. Yeah. Uh, we sort of looked at, you know, what are we doing here now in our current location and the effect and impact we're having with the city. What is our potential? You know, yeah. what what could we what more could we do is kind of the, the disposition that we have about it. And so we, we just felt like this was the time to to start to work with a multi-site um, you know dynamic. And so this is step one on that. Um, you know, again, like I said, there's areas of the city that our impact is minimal and this this should totally increase that so are you you're releasing some staff i'm assuming that are going to go over there and and head up that campus or how's that working yeah it's you know my son joel and his wife jess will be like the location pastors okay great Uh, but again we're treating it like a fourth service so joel preaches here when he's preaching here you know i'll probably go and and host the service up there or whatever so it'll be a, a bigger picture than than you know just having the location pastor we want the, the people there to feel connected to all the staff and everything that's going on. And so so there's involvement from our current staff that are helping to oversee and raise up leadership for uh, for that location. And everything that we're doing here will be done there. So everything going on with children's programs here will be happening there. Uh, what gets preached here on the 930 service is what's going to be played back at their 10 o'clock service. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, our worship director here is overseeing the worship there. There's a lot of connection yeah. uh, as opposed to sort of a disconnected, uh, you know, independent site. It's going to be a very connected, very involved, very much a part of what's happening central. Yeah, so it really is one church you know, just in two locations. That's really cool. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the dynamic we want to build. That's really cool. Uh, you guys do a, a major event every year. It's become a major uh, your Father's Day car show that, that happens on your property. Talk to us about that that event, how it came about, man, why you started in the first place, and then, man, what kind of effect has that had on the church? You, you guys, had, like the, some of the numbers you were telling me about this year was insane. That was, it was crazy. Yeah, the, the car show, it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, there's a scripture, I think it was Jonathan who, who, who said, perhaps the Lord, you know, it was like, let's step out and do this and see what God will do with it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for, for us, uh, you know, 18 years ago, somebody in our church had a, you know, an antique car. They were part of a car club and, and they just threw out the idea. They said, hey, you know, we, I could get my friends to come here on Father's Day and maybe we could, you know, put some barbecue out and feed people and put on a car show. And, you know, what, what dad wouldn't want to come on Father's Day to see some, some cars? 
And so that was that was literally how it started. Wow. You know, our, our first year, we had like 30 vehicles, and that included a bicycle. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what it was like. Um, and and we, just, we just kept that going. And t- what it has grown into today is the largest Father's Day event in our city. Yeah. Uh, Edmonton's known as the City of Festivals. This is the festival that we host. And this is one of the ways that we serve our city, provide for families, because there's there's no admission charged. Uh, the food is free. Registering your car is free. L- literally, the whole thing wow. is on complimentary. Uh, we do have some sponsors, but of course, Celebration Church is the major sponsor and hundreds. It takes about 400 volunteers to run it now. And there's about 400 show cars that will be there and about 15,000 people that will traffic through. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So four, 400 cars. Yeah, fifteen thousand people are going to be on on your property. Are at- yeah, you know it's it's over the course of time. It's it's anywhere between about ten o'clock in the morning till three in the afternoon. Yeah. So so we're running all three services at the same time. This this is what's exciting about it is we will have four hundred volunteers out on the property running the show, and we will still have record number of attendants at church because wow. all all these people start you know checking out church. Then we also put up large screens out in the parking lot. Because we know not everybody's going to come in, but they right. can watch, watch the service from out in the parking lot. And so it's been a great kind of fishing event to, yeah. you know, just to put out the word. We will uh, pretty much every year have a testimony. Somebody will share about how they came to Christ and where their life was at and what was going on. Well, there's always people that can identify with, you know, the same life problems and, and they'll see that. And so, um and so people park off site. We shuttle them in. They they take in the show. They take in a service. They get some food. Have a great family day together. And it's just been a great great outreach over the years. And uh, it's it's built a very positive relationship with community as well. Yeah, that's really cool. So what kind of effect has that had on the church? So after Father's Day, what kind of do you see a bump in attendance? Do you see you, you see a lot? Yeah, I'm sure you're hearing stories and testimonies of people who came in. Their first Sunday was a car show. What kind of effect has that had? You know, it's, 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 um, I think that people with church experiences, just the culture that we're in, they'll come to an event and then they'll look to come to the next event. Right. It's not, it's not like they all of a sudden become, oh, I'm going to be here every Sunday. So we do have some people that, you know, immediately will start attending and check out what church is really all about. So that, that will happen. But we'll also have those people that will show up at Christmas time. And they'll right. say, well, I was here for Father's Day. That was a great experience. Now I see you're, you're putting on something for Christmas, so I'll come check that out. So, you know, it really, you have to um, have a perspective that we're in this for the long haul. Yeah. And this might actually take years right. before somebody goes from an inquirer to a disciple. Yeah. And, and, and that really is the perspective that we have. Um, it, it's, it's a big seed sowing event. No, for sure. That's really that's really cool. Now I I know I mean as as amazing as that event is, and as much administration work and volunteer work and resources it takes to run that event, I, I know you're not you're not uh, an event driven uh, pastor or church in any way that that you don't use that event or or just Christmas or or events to reach the lost. You're you're really intentional every single uh, weekend. So talk to us a little bit about how does church look and and why you do it the way you do it. You know, that, that's a really great observation, actually, because, um, you know, the temptation would be for someone to look and go, oh, I should create this event and I should create this other. And, and you, can, you can do those things and then you go into that event expecting way more out of it than what's really going to happen. And, right. and 
instead of going in and going, okay, that was a great seed sowing, uh, first opportunity for people to come check out a church, some of those things, just being realistic. It's what you do Sunday, Sunday, you know, Sunday after Sunday. Right. It really makes a difference. So for us, it's about our, our services are such that our people are happy to bring their friends. You know, they're, they're not bringing friends and family, you know, with any kind of anxiety as to, well, what is the service going to be like? I wonder how long it's going to go. I wonder how long the preaching will be. You know, I wonder if something will get said that will be awkward and I'll have to explain it over lunch afterwards or anything like that. Right. Our, our services, uh, you know, they're, they're very um, high impact in terms of the worship. It's intense, but, but it's like 20 minutes, you know, and, and it's done. And, and there's a welcome in there as well. So we're, we're greeting people. We're engaging, you know, recognizing, hey, you're new here. This is what we're doing. Uh, welcome. And, you know, and join in with us as we sing, you know, and engaging in that way. We go into a message, 30 minutes. Yeah. If, if we can't say it in 30 minutes, <laughs> we haven't figured it out. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, it's, it's like, okay, that's long enough that someone can take it in. By the time it's all done, it's just over an hour. And our people know, that the people in our congregation know, that's what you're going to expect every week. So when you're inviting a friend, you can tell them, you know what, it's going to be somewhere between 60 and 70 minutes for the service. And, and this is what's going to happen in the service. And, and they can invite and feel comfortable with that. And, of course, that's the other side of it is that we are equipping and encouraging the people in the church, the congregation, to really be reaching out to friends and family on a weekly basis. Yeah, that's good. Find someone you can invite to church this week and, and be intentional. So I think the combination of their intentionality to bring someone and then us meeting the expectations that are there, um, that to me has been the big thing. And then every Sunday, there's a call for salvation. Wow, yeah, that's good. It does not matter what we're preaching. It doesn't matter what the subject is. The conclusion is somebody here needs Jesus. Yeah. Well, today is somebody's first time. You know, today today is somebody's appointment with God. And, and because of that, we literally see people get saved every single week in wow. our services. That's awesome. So how, how many salvations did you or baptisms did you have in, in the church last year? You know what? La- last year, I think it was a, I checked the numbers, 112 uh, water baptisms. Yeah. And over the last few years, we've been averaging over 100 every year of water baptisms, which yeah. is, to me, that's my that's my number. Yeah. Um, I, you know, salvations, hands raised, cards filled out. That's one thing. But to me, water baptism is, okay, these people want to be a disciple. Right, you know, right. They're taking a serious step. So, so that yeah, that's what we've been averaging, and, and we're, we're certainly thankful and and. Uh, still looking to increase that as much as we can and that's really good keep working with it that's really really good i love that now you're also i mean this is also a spirit-filled church right so you guys are all you're full of holy spirit and and so i'm sure with with all of that comes this this whole tension with some people coming in there and going well wait a second if your if your service is only hour long if you're only your worship is only 20 minutes long if you're preaching only for 30 minutes i mean you're compromising so what what do you say to somebody saying well you're limiting the holy spirit you're not allowing this you know how do you respond to to that pushback because i'm sure you get it you know i i think that well first of all um Lost people don't ask those questions. <laughs> that is the truth. That is so good. <laughs> All of those questions matter typically to people raised in the charismatic renewal movement. Yeah. That 
have an expectation of a service designed, if you will, for them, and then have a model in their mind of what the Holy Spirit moving should look like. Oh, that's really good. And uh, I think that if we can change our question to say, you know, the early church had lost people in the church. Yes, they did. Scriptures that speak to that. Um, Jesus had lost people listen to him for days on end. Yes. Now we have to ask ourselves the question, are we really spirit filled if we're not attracting and reaching lost people? Wow. Or are we, or are we just self-centered? Wow. 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 That, that is really, really good. I mean, the purpose, I, I, I would concur with that as well. Jesus said his purpose was to come to seek and to save that which was lost. I mean, he made it very clear that was his purpose. He also instructed you know, the, the disciples to wait in the upper room to receive the Holy Spirit. But the, once they received the Holy Spirit, they went out, and what did they do? They reached the lost. So let me, let me address the other side of that. Yeah. Uh, the other side of it is this, that we will have other services like Wednesday nights where we'll teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, lay hands on people, get them filled. Right. We just ran a week-long um, youth camp, which we've been doing that now for years, probably yeah. a couple of decades. Wednesday night is Holy Spirit night. We literally call it Holy Spirit night. We, yeah. teach, we teach on the person of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. All these teenagers are like laying hands on kids. They're getting filled with the Holy Ghost. We had miracles happening in that service uh, just last week on Wednesday night, uh, as well as kids getting filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. Um, we, we have children in our children's ministry who doctors said would never happen to those couples. Said, yeah. You will never have a baby, and they got their miracle. So, so we do have miracles. We do have signs and wonders. It's just the context of how we uh, how we administrate that. I guess if I could say it that way. And and uh, you know, Sunday morning we're intentional to do two things: teach believers and reach the lost. Yeah. And and that is what we focus on. And and the thing about that is everything that you and I need to learn uh, about marriage. Uh, lost people need to learn about marriage. Yeah, that's true. In other words, you know, there's so much that we can talk about in life that it doesn't matter if you believe in Jesus or don't. We all need to hear about this stuff. because That's we're all so good. With, you know, we're all dealing with stress. We're all dealing with anxiety. We all have money to manage, and children to raise, and all, all the rest of it. So our focus is teach and reach. That's Sunday morning. But the, the, there's room in other services to, to say, okay, now you've accepted Christ. Let's talk about how the Holy Spirit can work with your life. Let's talk about miracles and signs and wonders and healing and all of these other things. That's really good. I, I really like that. I mean, the focus on Sunday morning. Now, a lot of people come into a church and those who will, will be critics of it and saying you're compromising your churches, to, you know, you're not allowing room for the Holy Spirit. It's amazing how many people come in and look at, at a service and go assume that that's the entire church, <laughs> you know, that that your service is that your one hour service a week is, is sums up the entire church when, when really, I mean, no, Hey, we're, we are the church. We operate, we make disciples, uh, but our focus on Sunday morning. And we say here, I talk to our staff. I talk to our, our church about it all the time. Hey, when are lost people looking for church or looking for an answer? They're looking for it Sunday morning. That's when the society assumes that church is going to be. So well, let's, let's aim at them. That is so true. In fact, I was, I was talking to one of the guys here who, one of the members of our launch team, uh, how, he, how he got to uh, following Jesus was he decided that church would be a great place to meet girls. <laughs> He's an atheist. He wanted to meet girls. And he thought, you know, church would be a great place to meet girls. So he, so he comes out to church and on Sunday morning, God 
gets him. <laughs> that is awesome. He is gloriously saved, gives his life to Christ, and now he's a part of our launch team to start another location. <laughs> but, but just like you said, you know, when lost people are thinking about coming to church, they come Sunday morning. Uh, that's the culture. That's the way it is. So we want to we want to be prepared to receive them and reach them and make make a difference on Sundays. Yeah. So talk to us about your your strategy then. Oh, what's what's been your most effective strategy as a church for for winning souls and continuing that? To, you know, because the natural drift of every local church is to become insider focused, to become about yourself. But you guys are very intentional in your strategy in your approach to keeping the focus outward. Uh, talk to us about what's been your most effective strategy for winning souls. You know, uh, really, it's, it's been keeping the culture uh, about reaching the lost, keeping, keeping church about who's not here. And, and when we do water baptisms, really making a point of reinforcing that culture, like yep. we're, we're running a baptism service. You know, we, we will in that service say, this is why we exist. Yeah. Know, this is why your giving is important. This this is what church is all about: changing lives, sharing the testimony, sharing the stories of you know what God is doing in people's lives, and keeping keeping that as being central. You know, Luke fifteen. You know, there's a whole chapter about the lost and about um, the importance of the lost to God, and and so just emphasizing that in the culture and yeah. keeping keeping that alive, and then being intentional to uh, to not drift. I, would, I guess is the best way to say it. You know, over the years, there's always something that sort of wants to say, hey, we, we should do this, we should do that, or more of this or more of that. And we just decided, you know what, this is who we are. Yeah. And we're just going to be secure about it. And if this isn't for you, that's fine. There's other churches in the city, but this is who we are. Yeah. And this is what God has called us to be. So I think being very intentional about, about that, uh, we kick our year off with prayer. And, you know, a lot of our, our prayer is focused around God use us, you know, make a difference in our city this year and let us see, uh, you know, let us see souls saved. And, and um, you know, to me, I think that kind of sets the pace Yeah, uh, a little bit in January when we're gathering and praying and fasting and seeking God and saying, you know what, we all got family and friends that don't know Jesus and, and we need to do something about that. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's a good part of it, the big part of it. The other part of it is, again, the culture of invitation. Mm. You know, from time to time, people get an opportunity to share their story, share their testimony with somebody. Um, we recognize that reaching out to people is is the work of evangelism. In other words, it, it's not easy. Um, the effort it takes to get someone convinced to say, okay, I'll come and check out your church. Uh, that could be a relationship that you've had for years. Before before that happens, but again, we're encouraging. Hey, let's let's keep that focus in our own personal lives. So lately, a lot of what we've been doing is having invite cards on on the chairs. When you come to church, there's an invite card there for you to use that week to reach out to somebody. That's really good. So you're you're giving tools to your people for to invite. Yeah, absolutely. We want it always fresh on their mind. Like, okay, who are you inviting? Who who are you inviting this week? Let's let's go for it. That's really good. In that, you know, so that so it's not just, oh, I'll come to church, I'll see my usual friends, I'll hang out, I'll, you know, I'll go on with my busy week, I'll, I'll be consumed in the busyness of life, and, and nothing will happen in regards to reaching out to somebody. So we want to be intentional to keep that on people's thoughts. That's really good. I mean, giving, even giving them tools like that and talking about it on a regular basis reminds those who are coming that 
church is not just about me and my needs that hey i'm i'm a part of the church uh, as well so it's not and and growing the church is not just the pastor's responsibility or the staff's responsibility we all have a role to play in that absolutely you know absolutely church church growth too is you know sometimes people look at that phrase like it's a kind of a bad phrase you know or, yeah or are you just about church growth and it's like well just think about it if a church isn't growing that means we're not reaching people if we're not reaching people then we're not fulfilling the commission of the gospel so to me it's like like you said church growth is everybody's responsibility um sharing jesus reaching out and and letting people know about christ is everybody's responsibility so we just want to make it as easy as we can for everybody to engage in that so do you teach your congregation how to invite you know we do talk about that in our in our classes that we run for people that are new to our church and just just uh emphasize that and just let them know about building friendships and building relationships, and then in the context of that, yeah, they can go ahead and invite and let people know about about it. Well, you know, I think that where special events help is it kind of builds a okay, church isn't enough of an excuse for me to come. Yeah. But, but since you're going to have this food there, or since you're going to do something special for my mom on Mother's Day, or since you're going to, uh, you know, have a great event at Christmas or whatever it may be, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll I'll check it out. Yeah, that's good. Now, the other side of what's been happening, and, and this has been a great thing, too, is just, just using live stream um, and getting, getting live stream out and telling our congregation, here's a great way to invite your friend to church. Tell them to watch our live stream. That's really good. So they, they might not be ready to you know, come into the parking lot and walk in the doors, but they can be kind of like Nicodemus. and Nobody knows about it, but they're watching church, right? And, you know, we actually have a guy who uh, was doing that, was watching live stream. He had a pornography issue and a drug issue in his life, and his marriage was suffering. And he's watching live stream every Sunday. So one Sunday, he watches the 930 service. Then he says to his wife, we've got just enough time to get everybody in the car, and we can make it for the 1230 service. Wow. Let's go to this church. I've been watching this church comes to the 1230, gives his life to Christ, ends up getting baptized, the whole, the whole bit. So so live stream has been, you know, using technology like that has been a great thing uh, for people to reach out with. Uh, people can share podcasts, tell their friends, hey, you know what? I just heard a great message on family last week. Yeah. Why, don't you, why don't you give us a listen? Uh, I know I've done that with people I'm reaching out to and just let them know, hey, yeah, you, you can listen to any of the messages. And so I think I think the use of technology is another is another great thing that has helped people to um, give the, a first invite, a first experience, if you will, before they even come on site and uh, take in a service live. That's so. That's such a good point, and, and it's a lot more cost effective these days as well to get to get live streaming. It's not as as restrictive as it as it once was. And yeah, I'd highly recommend churches to to do that. We had I had a lady I just met at a funeral um, uh, about a month ago. She came up to me. You know, gave me a hug. Hey, Pastor Kelly, so good to see you. I'd never met her before, and I started pressing. And I was like, "Oh, hey, you know, nice to nice to meet you." And she's like, "Oh yeah, I've been watching uh, online on the live stream for the last year." And I was like, "Oh, where do you live?" And she le- she lived like just around the corner from the church, but never felt the courage to come into into the building until that event. And then once she came in and met us, now she's been uh, regularly attending. But her first step into the into the church 
was she felt comfortable uh, because of issues going on in her own life, but she felt comfortable to to watch on a computer and getting fed. And you don't you don't know who you're reaching and how you're reaching and and where you're reaching. So it's a great first step. That's a really good point. Absolutely, absolutely. So you know, it's been something too that we just uh, told our people, hey guys, use this as a way to invite to church. Like don't don't feel like it's just about getting them to come with you into the building. Uh, in the privacy of their home, they can you know, pick up their phone, they can turn, open their laptop, whatever, and, and take in a service. And, uh, you know, that, that can be their starting place of coming to the Lord. So it works. That's really good, man. This has been, this has been so good. What advice would you give to a pastor who's uh, say, just saying, man, I, I want to reach souls. Uh, where do I start? What do I do? Uh, any advice you give to a pastor who says, man, I, w- I want to be a soul winning church. I want to see those kind of stories as well. You know what? I'll, I'll just, maybe share from my experience because I grew up uh, spiritually in a, in a culture that was nothing, nothing like what I'm in right now. Yeah. I grew up in, in a charismatic renewal culture, you know, our services are two to three hours long and all, all the rest of it. And so when we started the church, our passion was we want to reach people. We want our church to be about reaching the lost. Mm. And yet the way that we were doing church, what would happen is someone would visit, but they would never return. So wow. we had, New people in church every Sunday, but we had different new people the next week. Yeah, wow. That's what's happening. About that time, a book came came out by Rick Warren called The Purpose Driven Church. Yes, great book. We read read the book. My wife and I went to the conference, and the the best thing that we did that that day, that that week when we went to the conference was we said, we planned this. We said, let's stay over and actually take in their services. Let's, Let's watch how they do it. So that's what we did. Yeah. And you know, it's one thing to read a book. It's one thing to go to a conference and kind of get the the theory and the theology and the wisdom. It's another thing to sit in a service and go, Oh, Oh, that's how you do it. Because you know what? I I went to one hour services that were not impacting when I was a kid. Yeah. And then I sat through a service at Rick Warren's church and I went, this is amazing. This is phenomenal. We can do this. And I just began to, begin to make changes, begin to shape what we were doing, you know, obviously started with explaining it to the church and, and really teaching on soul winning and, and, you know, what is our church all about? What is central to the gospel? What did Jesus die for? Um, and, you know, if, if this is what touches the heart of God, it should touch our heart, those kinds of things, as well as beginning to make changes and go, you know, maybe this shouldn't be so long. Maybe this doesn't need to happen in the service. Maybe this would be better to happen at a different time, but not on Sunday morning, and we begin to change things. So I say all that to say, if I was a pastor that was wanting to make change, one of the best things they could do would be to go to a church like yours or a church like mine or a church that they know is getting the results, sit through a service, watch what happens, watch how they do church so you actually have the experience. It'll give you a better handle uh, on how to do uh, some of the things that we're talking about doing. That is so good. And I, again, just following up what you said on live stream, or you can watch it on live stream, but you're not going to get the full impact unless you go and, and sit through a, a service and watch. And, and really what it does, I, I did very much the same thing uh, and sat and watched and had the same desire. I was like, man, I want to reach souls. And we were in the charismatic renewal thing, the same thing and going, but we're not seeing the souls. And then I sat in on, on a service uh, and, and watched a service and went, wait, we can do both. We don't have to compromise at all. 
But it, what it did for me, and I, I think what I'm hearing from you as well, is it gave us permission, what's in our heart already, it gave us permission to saying, hey, it's it's okay to do this, that desire in our heart. Right, uh, right, it, it gives right. us permission because we saw somebody else do it. So that's a really, really good point. I think it's a misnomer to think that because the service is short, that it's somehow lacking the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because to be honest with you, many, many times I've heard people talk about uh, you know, their story was, oh, I came to church, and when when the worship started, I started bawling. Yeah. Yeah, that's too, yeah. I've heard that over and over. I'm like, we're on song one. Yeah. We're on song two, and, and, and God's already arrested your heart. Yeah. So maybe there's more to this than looking at how long did a service go, but, it, it, but what is behind all this? You know, another thing that we do as a staff, we gather every week once, uh, you know, for an hour and pray over the services. Oh, that's and, good. And just, uh, you know, so there's a weekly time as a staff where we're just lifting it up, putting out our expectation, you know, covering it in prayer. So it's not like because the service is planned, structured, and short that there isn't a, a spiritual element to it. Our Christmas service, somebody to, uh, told me, they said, yeah, there was this lady, she was sitting beside me, and she was literally crying through the entire thing and then raised her hand at the end to give her life to Christ. Wow. Well, it was a Christmas service. It had all the usual Christmas service stuff in it, you know, of, uh, of um, how should I say this, you know, music that would be entertaining, very Christmas-oriented, and a, and a Christmas message. And, it, you know, again, it wasn't long. We had to do several of them in, in Christmas Eve. But the power of God showed up. Wow, that's and so good. To me, that's what matters. Is if God's showing up, then there's something right about what's happening. Yeah, that's so good, man. This has been so so good. Thank you again for your time. Is there anything that I I uh, haven't asked that I should have? But you could have asked what brand of motorcycle I ride, but we won't <laughs> go into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, I already know that answer. <laughs> We're just going to rub that in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are fellow uh, motorcycle enthusiasts. I love that about you as well. But Absolutely. Yeah, it, it might might be a Harley. I don't know. This has been great, Kelly. And I, I just hope that uh, out of our conversation, that uh, other pastors will be equipped, will be encouraged, and, and that we can help them in any way that we can. Um, you know, and when I say visit somebody else's church, watch what they're doing, I do mean that. Uh, there's, a, there's a church uh, that I know of that I didn't even know this had happened. But once they got going they're, and they're doing a great job, the pastor met me and he said, oh, by the way, he said, I figured out how to do it by attending your service. And I, I, I don't even know the guy. Yeah. You know what? He did something wise. And that he said, let's go find somebody who's getting some fruit. I know that you've done that. I've done that in connection with people like Pastor Leon out of Winnipeg and yep. others. And man, it's one of the greatest ways to grow as a leader and become effective. Yeah, Pastor Leon was the church that I went and visited, like you visited uh, Rick Warren's. I saw a spirit-filled man doing it, reaching souls by the hundreds when we visited. And I was like, wow, if he can do this, I can do this. Let's let's go for it. So that's awesome. been awesome. But that's been awesome. So where where can our when where can pastors and leaders connect with you online? They want to they want to connect with you, learn from you, sit sit under you, and learn from what you guys are doing because you guys are making a huge impact. Uh, so where do they connect with you online? Yeah, celebrationedmonton.com. Celebrationedmonton.com. Yeah, that's the website. So they can go there and and like I say, there's podcasts and they can see what's going on. They can connect with us through Facebook and Instagram and some of those things as well. But uh, they, they can go on Instagram and see all your grandkids. That that'd be yeah, well, no no kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
You know, it's funny because if you post something about church, you know, you get a few likes. You post something about your grandkids. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's totally oh, different. Yeah. Little, little clicks on that, you know. <laughs> so true. That is awesome. Well, thanks so much Des, for, for your time and for uh, sharing your wisdom with us. This has been really, really good. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for the invite. I appreciate the time, too. What a great conversation with Pastor Dennis, man. So much in there. What was mm-hmm. what stood out to you? What was your big takeaway? What definitely stood out to me, Kelly, is that even like in events, talking about not the events being the main thing, but it's the Sunday to Sunday that really matters. It's the, the time in between the following up with people. The, the event is is great. And like we've had monster trucks and laser tag facilities and stuff brought yeah. out to our events. But if you don't do the follow up and the work afterwards to make sure you retain those people, then it was a one time shot. Yeah, I love that. That's it's so vital for churches not just to become event centers or event based, and it, you can gather a crowd, but to mm-hmm. turn them into a congregation—that's a whole another. That's a whole another skill altogether. I love how he pressed on that. My big takeaway in this one is, man, he made a statement that still uh, bothers me to this, <laughs> you know, to this moment is is the uh, the whole idea that you're not spirit filled. Are you really spirit filled if you're not reaching the lost? Wow. And uh, I was like, whoa, um, something that I hadn't thought about. And, and realizing that, man, the purpose of the Holy Spirit really is for us to to reach out. Is the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to equip us with boldness yeah. to continue reaching the lost. We see that all throughout the Book of Acts. So, what a powerful, powerful thought so and great conversation again on GoCast. Man, these are so good. Where can people connect with us? and to continue the conversation. Yeah, for sure. You can go to iTunes and subscribe or hit our YouTube channel, the GoCast, or go to the GoCast network at gocast.ca. Yes, or you can join with us on uh, Facebook or on Instagram and continue the conversation with us. We would love to hear from you, hear what's working for you, hear any questions that you might have that we could answer. We'd love to get into that conversation with you. Man, next week we have a great conversation with my friend, Pastor Joshua Bowers mm. of Detroit, Michigan. He just recently planted a church there, and Detroit is not the easiest city in the world no. to plant. <laughs> churches in but but pastor joshua he took this on uh because it was not the easiest city so here's an excerpt of my conversation with pastor joshua bowers of detroit michigan what we saw kelly with that was like people are hungry for that connection like um because you kind of think when you're on social media i'm connected with all these people but in reality you're you're not you're just kind of like artificially connected to them so when when there's an actual person that you're talking to and then you can translate that into actually a physical interaction with that person you know meeting up with coffee or or whatever there's a lot of people who are really starving for that and that's why they're on social media in the first place and i think why the church of course should be in that arena like that's that's where we belong like jesus says or god says i put the lonely in families like where where the answer is to people finding a home feeling like they belong feeling like they can be in a family, you know? So, um, yeah, keeping the social and social media, I think that's vital. Can't wait for next episode with Pastor Joshua Bowers. It's going to be amazing. Thank you again for joining us at GoCast. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of GoCast. We hope you feel inspired and better equipped to take your community for Christ. Make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. Let's go and break the stat together.